Welcome to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also join us every Sunday morning at 10.30am at Mosley Pavilion. Now for the message. Great to have you present. Um, we are delighted to have uh, Dr. Dennis Bournes with us here. Yay! So, um, if you were at the discipleship event, it was great. If you weren't, you missed it. That's the way it rolls. There will be others. Uh, but I, I was pleased with my description of Dennis. I was, afterwards, I thought, oh, that, that was good. So let me say it again. To give you some sort of context, we use the word for Dennis as he's a translocal elder with us. He's a translocal leader. Now, that's a functional title. What that means is uh, after anything that happens, we let Dennis know what's been happening. He's been there from the start when we had the baptism, and it was a fantastic, we had a good time at the baptism, didn't we? So I was straight on the phone, couldn't wait to share with him. Dennis was like, yeah! So... Dennis is us, and we are Dennis. Dennis heads up the apostolic team in Destination Church Phoenix. If you would like to understand uh, what it means to be an apostolic church, well, then you could come next Sunday to our membership evening and discover why we have that included in part of who we are. Do you see what it did there? So Dennis is coming from the local church to the local church. An apostle is one as a sent one, and in the Greek it means one that is sent with the authority of the one sending them. Jesus sent us. Dennis heads up the apostolic team. He is an apostle. He is an apostle. They are builders and they carry authority. What I want to call you to do this morning is to decide whether you want to choose to yield to that authority or not this morning. If you choose to yield to it, you will uh, discover and eat the benefit of the fruit of that. Okay? So sometimes we kind of do, how are you? Everything good? Everything well? Let's do a serious conversation. If you want to get some stuff done this morning, I would encourage you to begin the process by yielding yourself this morning. So it's with great delight and pleasure, Dennis, that we invite you this morning. Thank you. It's great to have you. Have your liberty. Thank you, Colin, for that explanation now that I know why I'm here <laughs> and what I'm supposed to do. Maybe this is all going to go better. Some are looking around like, is he serious about what he's saying? (laughs) Somewhat. But uh, having a little laugh is good. And so this coming month in March, middle, late March, Andrew, who we consider, uh, he's a local elder with us in Phoenix. So once a month, we have a Skype meeting, myself the pastor of the church in Phoenix that I planted, started, turned over to him about three years ago, we have our elders meeting on Skype, computer screen in front of us, can last two or three hours. And it's similar to uh, Andrew actually being present. So he's an elder here in this church, the lead elder, and He is an elder at the church in Phoenix. We really love this because we we get the variety of cultural mix, the variety of insights that God is giving to each one, and we are in solid, real relationship because we choose to have it and we value one another. And our testimony is we've been 
uh, working this arrangement for a number of years now, and it, we're finding that it works wonderfully. And you might be thinking, well, it seems very strange. Well, welcome to that which is a little different, but absolutely biblical. I mean, you don't have to read much of the New Testament to see the very thing that we're talking about. Anyway, Andrew will be coming to actually be among us in March. He'll preach and teach in our church. He'll minister to the people. We'll have a face-to-face elders meeting while he's there. And afterward, he and I go to Mexico to one of our AMI churches there. They're having their 13th year uh, anniversary celebration. We'll participate in that, minister there as well. And we will go from there to the nation of Cuba, where we're going to be uh, receiving some uh, churches in the AMI there as well. So that's some of the things that a apostolic sent one uh, does. And we're attempting to share uh, what it is that God has given us that we feel is not special as compared to anyone else, but is unique. And we quite love who we are and what we have, and we want to give it away as broadly, broadly as we can to as many as want it. I want to speak to you this morning about the spoil of battle. Uh, I found the uh, worship songs this morning very connected to this. I was encouraged by it. How many of you like a good battle? Yes. My, I'm impressed. And the rest, I guess you had more than your share and you're not looking forward to any more. But I hope that you'll come with me on a little journey here about the spoils of battle in this. God has purpose and reason for allowing battles in our life. And it says in the book of Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4 that we live in this present evil age. And so Satan is allowed to run to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. So there's never going to be a time until Jesus returns in the second advent, till he literally returns to the earth, that the devil won't be running to and fro, causing trouble, and forever being our enemy. And so we need to understand battle, but first of all, we need to understand the purposes of God for battle. If there's any struggle or adversity comes in your life and even a battle ensues, you can always know this. God wants to do something for you. He wants to change you, and he wants to provide something for you that you currently do not have. Hello? Some of you are looking at me very suspiciously and like, well, I don't think I like the sound of this. Oh, you'll like it very well. First, if we distinguish what spoil is, we know what battle is. And I'm talking about spiritual battle. We know that spoil is what's received. In the Old Testament, whenever they would go to battle with another, uh, with a, uh, an enemy, could be another nation, Whenever they would go to battle, they gathered the spoil, all those things that had value after that battle. And that is really how they funded uh, building the kingdom of God during that time in the nation of Israel, uh, making uh, many of the things that they, they needed. God never allows a battle in our life 
that he doesn't want to give us the spoil of. And most often, the spoil that we gather is spiritual maturity for ourselves. Hello. If you have no adversity, you have not much opportunity for growth. And the reason that we tend to have battles is there's weakness present in us. Because if we're weak, our enemy can attack us. Sometimes he doesn't even need to really attack us other than threaten us with a bunch of lies. I'm going to come and beat you up. I'm going to come and take your money. I'm going to steal your health. I'm going to destroy your marriage. Whatever it might be, he's going to tell some lying threat. And if you're weak, you will hear it. You will be threatened by it. Your weakness will increase. Therefore, your vulnerability increases. And you lose what God wants you to keep. Are you with me? It's not rocket science. But something I've found really helpful is if you come to understand that God always wants to give you something in a battle... That way, when the battle shows up, sometimes battle shows up suddenly, doesn't it? It's surprising. It's threatening. And what's the first thing we say and the first thing we think? Oh, no. And many Christians will pray a prayer like this. Lord, protect me from this. Remove this. Remove the battle. Remove the adversity. I don't think that's the most appropriate prayer. The most appropriate prayer would be a John 5, 19 prayer, which in translation is, Lord, what are you doing here? Are you allowing this? You know, God will allow battle to come to you, and sometimes he will appoint one particular and special for you. No hallelujah on that? If he appoints one particular and special for you, it's because he wants to change you and give you something that you don't have, and you can be guaranteed of this. It will not make you weaker. It'll always make you stronger if you respond correctly. You know the three intensity responses he's looking for. Everybody knows the three. You can name them now, correct? Who can name the three responses he's looking for? Don't say them. Just tell me you know them. Anybody know them? I know he knows them. I know you know them. I know you know them. And you will soon know them. <laughs> I know that you know them. And I know that you know them. He's looking for a response when battle comes, when adversity comes. He's looking for a response in faith. What you believe, not about the situation. The situation could be terrible. That's not the point. The point is in relative to what you believe that he's looking for a response in is what do you believe about him? Is he your God and can he prevail and will he let you perish in the battle? Huh? What do you believe about your God? You see, you will not be threatened by your enemy, nor ahead of time contemplate and be assured that you will lose this battle. That's why you don't want it if you do not have, have faith in your God. You respond correctly. Some good things are going to begin to happen. You're, but mark it down. 
you're still going to have to do battle. If you have faith, he will respond. But you still are going to have to do the battle. The second thing is he's looking for a response in integrity. Integrity. No trying to manipulate. You know, some people try and get out of trouble by manipulating it. And typically we make the trouble worse. So he's looking for a response in faith, integrity, and obedience. What he's going to do when he shows up is he's going to give you some revelation, some details. Like with Jericho, you know, I love that story. They know they, gotta, they have to go there and do battle, but it's a greatly fortified place. God gives instructions to Joshua on what to do, and he obeys them to the letter. He responds in faith, integrity, and obedience. And they go over there. They march around seven times. They blow the trumpets. Walls come down. Hello? Now, that's the kind of battle I'd like to fight. And some are like that. But others are, you have to draw the sword and spill some blood. And sometimes battles go on a whole lot longer than we would like them to. We know this. We know that the Israelites ended up in slavery down in Egypt for 400 years. How and why did they end up there? They didn't respond well to what God gave them. They didn't respond in faith, integrity, and obedience, so he gave them great adversity for an extended period of time. Not because he didn't love them, but because he knew that adversity would cause them to learn to respond over time. And sometimes he will allow adversity so he break us down of ourself and our independence from him and be open to independence upon him and listen to him and begin to respond correctly. If you're in resistance or rebellion to God, yeehaw, fasten your seatbelt. He loves you so much that he will not let you stay there. But he will not override your will but he will pulverize it. (laughs) He will. He'll bust you down. He will. I know. I know. I was a God resister and a God mocker 45 years ago. And he allowed an adversity in my life that broke me down. I didn't think it could be done. I thought I could take any challenge that ever came to me. You know when you're a young man, you think you can whip the world, right? Did you ever meet someone you couldn't whip? If you didn't, that's your misfortune. huh? You become wiser when you lose, when you carry a little scar. And you have to show up in front of your friends with both eyes black. And you try to giggle a little bit and say, well, the other guy looks worse than I do. And you know it's not true. <laughs> so the Israelites find themselves there. But God, looking to redeem them, raises up 
a type of Christ in the man Moses. And he takes them from Egypt, which is a free gift. And their exodus from Egypt is similar to our salvation experience. He gave them release from Egypt. They didn't really have to do anything. He gave it to them. Mm -hmm. But he also knew that they brought their slavery with them. And so he kept them in the wilderness for a time to get them loose of their slavery because their entry into what he had promised to them, the promised land, the place flowing with milk and honey, you know all that. He knew that they had to be warriors. They didn't understand that. They thought, well, he gave us an exodus out of Egypt. He, he's, he's going to give us the promised land, and we'll just walk in there, and all the giants will drop dead. And it didn't work quite like that. That's like our salvation. It's given freely. You didn't have to do anything. He just handed it to you. But if you want to live the victorious life and receive the promise of his abundance to you, and there is such a promise in the New Testament, but we have an adversary. Isn't it interesting how he couples those two things together in John 10, 10? He says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but Satan comes to rob, kill, and destroy. We have an enemy, and we will either learn to give God the response he looks for and become equipped to defend ourselves against that enemy, or we'll have a lot of defeats. That's how, that's God's plan. Otherwise, he wouldn't let the devil run to and fro in the earth. Are you with me? Some people say, well, why doesn't he just cancel out the devil and then we, we, won't, have to, we won't have to fight him and we won't lose? Do you spoil your children? You still give him the, them a bath when they're 25? Oh, come on, honey, let me, come on, you can eat this. Still buying nappies for them? Hello? No, you're not. You see, when we find the strength of the Lord and we give him him the response that we're looking for, and we engage in battle and we're victorious, he gets the glory and it reveals that he is the Christ and it reveals that we are his church. Huh? And we're doing damage to Satan. When he, he wants to see Satan falling from heaven like lightning, so to speak. And so what are the things that take place if we, we begin to get this? And what is his purpose? He wants to make us strong and courageous in battle. In Joshua 1.7, God said to Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. Have you got that in your vision for your Christian development? I hope you do. You're going to need that as part of your vision. And also, God's people need the resources of the abundant life. How many would like to be poor? How many got a plan for being poor? And it's working good. I don't think you could write a book on that and sell a single copy. Hey, how to destroy your life within three months. <laughs> write a book with that title. Now, as many idiots as there are in the earth just now, you'd probably sell a lot of copies. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know, I've been weak and I've been strong. I'd rather be strong. You hearing what I'm saying? Spiritually. Spiritually. Because when you're strong, you know on the front when a battle comes, you you don't fuss all about, oh, no, again? I got to go through another one? No. No. You know when a battle comes, hey, God wants to give me something I don't have. He wants to strengthen me in another way that I'm not strong. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You understand what I'm saying. I like that. Every, especially every great battle that I've ever been involved in, in my life and ministry, has always yielded something extraordinary. Are you with me? I've been in, you know, the, the more demanding the calling on your life, the greater the battles will be, both in the number and the intensity of them. Some of you are thinking, well, great. I don't have any great aspirations to serve God, so I'll be okay. No, you won't. He loves you, and he won't leave you weak because he doesn't want you losing the battles. Joshua 1, 3, and 5. Every place in which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the sitting of the sun will be your territory. How large would you like to live? Well, right now, I'd just like to have about 30 pounds so I could go out for lunch with my wife. (laughs) Start there. Give him a response in faith, integrity, and obedience. Something else I want to share with you is if you become a mighty warrior, And when a battle comes, if you can give him that response, what you'll find is it's not just for you. If you become strong, you will influence people around you and they'll become strong. And it's amazing what happens. The abundance increases in every way. Now, I I don't uh, teach or preach or embrace what's called the prosperity gospel that's typical. But I believe that God wants us to prosper. It says so in the New Testament. It clearly says God would that we all would prosper and be in good health. Now he gives to each one the measure that he sovereignly determines. But I understand and I, I, I understand and I comprehend the definition of abundance. And it's not devoid of material things, but the primary focus of it is spiritual. But it isn't devoid of material. If you have spiritual strength and you give those three intensity responses to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will not leave you poor. Hello? Yeah, sure. He won't 
He can't make a promise that he doesn't intend to keep. The condition of those promises kept by him is only hindered by whether or not we'll give him the responses that he requires. Faith, integrity, and obedience. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm thrilled with now is the others that I've been able to share this with. We've been in some battles, not between one another. Hopefully you'd be encouraged by this. We've never had a battle. We've never beaten one another up. We have never said a cross word to one another. We've been in 23 nations together and had some battles that were extraordinary. Threat of life a few times. And again, not not toward one another. See, he's not my enemy. I'm not his enemy. We have never been enemies. We will never be enemies. You don't go to battle with someone that's not your enemy. Hello. Christians don't battle one another. Do they? They only battle one another if they're weak. They only battle one another if they don't understand who their enemy is and if they do not understand God's intentions. You see, battles come in the church. You ever been in a church where there was a battle, some kind, disagreement, disharmony, trouble? It happens. It isn't that it doesn't happen. But what do you do with it? First thing you best do is determine that my brother cannot and is not my enemy. You distinguish who your enemy is, and then you fit up and put on your armor for that enemy, and you battle him from the revelation of Jesus Christ, not your brother. Hello. And when there's unity, then God commands the blessing, doesn't he? And so they they conquer Jericho with just a bit of marching. Now, what's God's plan for us in regard to the spoils? Colossians 2.15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Jesus' model is triumphant battle. Jesus doesn't lose battles. Going to the cross wasn't a loss for Christ. He didn't have to do it. He submitted to the will of the Father to please him. He gave his Father the proper response, and he was raised again on the third day and has become the Savior of the world and the most known and noted person who has ever been or ever will be. Hello? Come on. Come on. I'm going to ask you today to renounce fear and cowardice in your life to give it up and step away from it. And to give up and repent of doing wrong, trying to get your need met. Doing wrong, trying to win a battle that can't be won with doing wrong. Hello? 
You can only win the battle under the power, authority, and revelation that Jesus gave you. It cannot, you can't win a spiritual battle with fleshly or soulish means. You only win spiritual battles with spiritual revelation. You understand what I'm saying? <sighs> you've been in a battle. I have a sense there's a few here that you've been in a battle, maybe more than one, and you didn't know what I'm talking about here. And you're still carrying some woundedness from that battle because you didn't know how to fight it. There's a few here who have even done this. Well, I just give up. I just give up. I've lost so many battles. I, I just give up. I don't expect to achieve any abundance, whether it's personal joy and pleasure with life and Christ or anything else. I just give up. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to rob, steal, and plunder our life. The Lord chooses battle to strengthen us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How would you respond to that verse? How would you respond to that verse? Faith? I believe that. Integrity? I'm responding in the absolute purity of my heart and mind. And obedience. Now, obedience resisted will only intensify the battle. And I'm going to give you this. I'm not going to charge extra for it. Obedience will be the big one. Well, yeah, I believe. I, I, I believe. I'm good there. And I'm being honest about everything associated with my battle, integris. Obedience. Maybe you're in a fuss with somebody about $10,000. The Lord says, give them the 10000 Or if they owe it to you, tell them the debt's cleared. Yeah, but I'll lose my house if that happens. Uh, what happened to faith? <laughs> I know that seems extreme. I've been in some of those kind of situations. And the walls of Jericho came down. Amen. Hello? If I had time, I'd tell you the stories. If you can learn to develop in your response, you'll begin to do all things through Christ that strengthen you, but you have to get strengthened by the response, and the obedience is absolutely necessary. And I, what I would say to you is this. Don't hesitate on the obedience. When he gives the instruction and the revelation, 
make the obedience quick. The longer you wait, the, the less potential there is in you actually ever to apply the obedience. You'll find excuse. The devil will pound your mind. You'll look at all the practical things. Sometimes spiritual revelation overcomes even practical, reasonable things. The, they say that the walls of Jericho didn't fall the way that you would think that they fell. And for sure, we know that they didn't, uh, uh, Joshua and his warriors didn't knock them down. Hello? I wish I had time. I've had things happen that would, I, I, I was being obedient, but they were, they were just on the march to total disaster. Was in some lawsuits once about church property. Eight years. Hundreds of thousands of dollars that we had to build a new building were thrown into attorneys who lost in one court after another. The local court, the state court, and the federal court. We went as far and as high as we could go, just losing one after the other. But I kept believing. Stayed integrous. Obedient. Losing, losing, losing. People begin to call me crazy. Even people in the church said, you're so focused on that. You're not fully ministering here. And I said, I got to draw, draw the sword on this and stay with this battle. And I did. Losing, 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 lost. Everything gone. Lost all the lawsuits. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of money's gone. The foundation of the building's in, but it's not built, and it cannot be built. The money's all gone. And not only that, we now owe the people that sued us a couple hundred thousand What do you do? Stay with God and fight the battle the way he fights it. The short side of the story is he returned all that was lost and multiplied it four or five times. I hadn't counted up the dollars totally. And right at the end, when all was lost, there was a nice building across the street, and he made a way to put us in there. I'm telling you the truth. And then he sent a cell tower company, and they put that thing up, and then the money just started rolling in, rolling in. 25 years now rolling in. Hundreds of thousands. Now it's time to renew the lease. Ah. Was good money the 25 years. Now it's crazy money for the renewal of the lease. They really want the thing, you know. They want to pay up. Hello? Stand with me, would you please? Lord, I thank you that you are the God of the abundant life. You're also the God of heaven who assigns the battle we need. 
We confess here together that your plan of that includes the spoil of the battles that we win in your name, under your power, your authority, for your good glory. Father, I ask by your Spirit that every person here would be willing to embrace becoming a battle winner, a soldier in your army, a warrior. It'll give you a right response every time. Fearless, full of faith, the integrity of your character within them, and an obedience of the heart that is strong and immediate. If you'd like to receive an impartation of fighting your battles as a warrior of Christ under his banner and his help. Come join me here, would you please? Thank you. We know that we can impart what God gives us that finds its maturity in us. I and others on the team today, we will impart this to you. I, they, we may prophesy something to you. We may speak some other things as we pray for you. But just a touch, just a touch will impart becoming a battle winner and a spoil taker. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Anoint us now to serve your people. Let's begin to minister, all right? We're, we're imparting battle-winning faith, integrity, and obedience. Battle-winning, learning to become a spoil-taker. That's what we're imparting. Not a loser. Our God is not a loser. And as we receive what he's giving us we begin to set ourselves free and others that might be captive thank you you've been listening to destination church belfast's weekly podcast for more information on our church you can find us on the web on www destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk Thank you for listening.